Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hooked, the podcast where we give you all the plot hooks that you will ever need in your entire role-playing game career. I'm your host, Nancy Weber, here with regular host... Dom Guilfoyle. <gasps> other regular host... Ellie Grimley. Still special new host... Jonathan. How is everyone? Alive. Yeah. Yep. Thank goodness. Breathing? Really? Maybe. Mm. Look, I mean, I just, I'm just not, I'm just not a fan of podcasting with corpses. Um, done it once. It was one time too many. Big uh, it. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, what we do here is we give you some plot hooks in the form of a magic trick. Uh, we take inspiration from a Magic the Gathering the card and the Magic the Gathering the card and a random word. It's actually a new edition. They they have <clears> just the, the one card. Yeah. Um, it's a really big card. And whoever picks it up first yeah. wins. Is it just yeah, Black they, Lotus? Yeah, they, they kick-started it. For the, it was a stretch goal to get tarot-sized <laughs> cards because that's always a stretch goal in, tar- in card games. <laughs> Uh, and then we take, go around the table. The first round is the pledge, which is just the seed of the idea. And then the second is the turn, where we turn it into something a little bit more usable in your game, something a little bit more fleshed out. And then finally, the prestige, uh, where we discuss how you could uh, throw it at your players, how they might interact with it, and what you might do with it in Game. Now we don't have anyone entirely new here. This oh, week, actually, so. I haven't been in, in here for a while. I, I actually feel like I've yeah, actually no, developed anterograde amnesia. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like we need to get it to do a getting to know you question. Uh, personally, I yeah, I, I don't feel so. like I am feeling that vibe. I mean, like yet. I know some of you, but I don't know you. You know, exactly. I don't even know myself. Mm. I do. I do actually have really? a uh, question for you uh, that, that I might bring. Um, Surprising. Yeah. What's What's the worst death you have witnessed in game? Oh, like. Worst as in most unjust or, like, disappointing? Are we talking or... player deaths? I, I, I was thinking player deaths, but if you've got uh, other options, I'm, I'm feeling, like, the, the disappointing ones. The, my back, my, yeah, uh, my sure. context here is I'm about to run Icewind Dale, and there are plenty of opportunities for characters to just die in a snowstorm. Yeah. Um, I can say mine was the first time I played Pathfinder. Mm. Uh, first edition, back in high school, my character was this super cool Kenku alchemist who could, like, transform themselves with uh, potions and become super badass. Battle, right? Uh, played a magical girl. A bird magical girl. <laughs> a magical bird. It's Hatsune Miku's yeah. voice. <laughs> um, but basically what happened was, uh, first battle, we were fighting like some orangutans, and my uh, my friend in the party was like massive barbarian, swung 
rolled a one, uh, then like rolled to confirm if they hit me, basically, because that was the DM's rules, and he crit me and just like just cut me in half, just absolutely demolished me. It was brutal. I didn't like those rules, but no, you know, that rule it sucks. Is. Yeah. Listen, DMs, who knows? Some uh, of them are a bunch good. Of bastards, <laughs> yeah, they are. I have a very similar story. Again, the first time I played Pathfinder, it was it's a, bad a brutal DM. game. Yeah, it was like I was playing a druid, and I had uh, a pet badger who was basically my tank and would fight for me because that was just the kind of druid I was. And the DM, uh, because I roll well, I think that <laughs> is a known oh, at yeah. the table. Yes. Um, the DM decided, oh, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill your badger uh, because Dick it's me. rolling too well. I'm going to kill it. And so literally every, every monster that was on the board at the time just kind of converged on my badger. It died and then because I was right there, I died because... There's nothing. What a sensible DM. I can't. Yeah. I don't have any weapons other than my badge. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, so yeah, and then that was me out for the rest of the game. <laughs> it's a shame because Pathfinder is a cool system. First edition. But yeah, it's like look. Weird intricacies, but. I mean, yeah, like the lore is, is there. It's just it was. Yeah, it was a bad table. Yeah. Um. All my DMs, for the most part, have turned character death into something like a heroic moment. Um. Whether it was intended, whether it was pre-organized. Or not sort of thing. I think the the worst death I saw was that it was just contextually unpleasant. Was that a character got crushed by a falling dead enemy? Like um like Ooh. we it was because it was like that was just how it was flavored. Oh, it's not even how it was flavored. Basically, we're fighting a large enemy in an in an enclosed space, and there were two party members. It was a back against the wall, and two party members were unconscious at its feet. And the DM was like, "Look, this is a large creature. It can only fall forward." So uh, did a 50-50 roll to see which of them would have this large thing land on their unconscious form and it was like look that's interesting mechanically to be fair like they were actually like looking at the space just like it could actually only have fallen on one of them so yeah that's kind of justified but also uh age of died because a giant an enemy fell on him and suffocated him uh, <laughs> while he was unconscious basically because we couldn't get the body off in time yeah um and then the next session a large part of this first session was involved trying to give the guy a decent funeral pyre but we were in like a, a an underground uh, dungeon so we took him to another room and started the fire and then it was just like oh we're choking on smoke now and also he's just kind of smoldering because we didn't have good kindling yeah that was a t- that was a whole thing at some point you just give in petrify the corpse and walk away we were too <laughs> low level for that <laughs> Okay, uh, are we all sufficiently knowing did of we, each other? Did we get one from Tali there? Uh, we didn't. Uh, I, Tali, I don't feel like I know you. Well, okay, here's here's one to get to know me. Uh, this is this is actually not my death because um, I feel like my I've mostly played under the the one DM, one GM who's been pretty good at making deaths feel justified. Mm-hmm. Um, what I witnessed was under the same GM, definitely the player's fault. Um, <laughs> it always is. <laughs> We were starting off Storm King's Thunder, and there's like a, a, a goblin sort of cave structure. And we went through the research and found out that there was a chimney up the top, so we were going to climb down the chimney. Um, so I climbed down uh, and had to make an athletics check to do so. Never climb down the chimney. And then... There's fire down there. Yeah. Then our ranger, I jumped down headfirst Scrooge McDuck style. Followed by, are you sure? Oh, that's always a good yes, thing for you, DM. I to absolutely ask, yeah. do this. That's a very special choice. I uh, appreciate that. It's, and so, our, go for it. so our GM took a second and 
consulted the rules and then rolled some dice. Was it too many dice? Was it like, oh, you're looking at them rolling the dice and be like, ah, it was that's a thirty foot good. fall, which is three d six. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also jumping head first, so they crit uh-huh. um, and hit the ground head first. Yeah, and died immediately. Mm-hmm. And how'd the then, player take it? The player was a bit annoyed, but kind of. It, this was a message to this particular player who had previously attempted to summon a chicken wing on a natural twenty nature check. Uh, that's how that works. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, so this was a message to the player that you can't. Can't go saying dumb shit if you don't want me to take it as written. <laughs> yep. well, especially uh, if you then confirm said dumb shit. Yes. <laughs> if you double down on it, really. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was an incredible player death. The uh, first time you haven't given us a furry answer. <laughs> I think. Now that's- <laughs> on with the hooking. <laughs> that was my job this time. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tully. Oh. Uh, okay, so quit. Uh, we're taking inspiration from a Magic of the Gathering card, as usual. Does anyone want to describe what we're looking at? <laughs> um, um, do we want to say the name? Uh, yes, yeah, so it's called the Handy Dandy Clone Machine. It is an artifact, uh, and it is by Mike Burns. Thank you, Mike Burns. Um, and this absolutely... If anyone's seen uh, Spy Kids, it looks like the hand creatures uh, from the original Spy Kids. Uh, but, but blue. But blue, yes. And frowning. And muscular? Were they that muscular? I don't think they were buff. This no. guy is jacked, it's true. With yeah. one giant eye in the palm. This this creature lifts. Uh, there's also a, a mad scientist in the background, uh, and they're stepping out of uh, what Dom astutely mentioned uh, is basically a Stargate. Yeah, it's pretty much a Stargate, except presumably it's supposed to be a cloning machine rather than a Stargate, but geez, it sure looks like a Stargate. It truly does. Yeah, uh, and the, the flavour text is early testing failed because the clones were all thumbs. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, uh, and our word of the week is mathematics. So, who would like to go first? I mean, uh, I can I can jump on in. I thought, uh, yeah, sure. I thought that uh, someone was very excited I'm, I'm for confident. Theirs, I feel mine has to be saved for at least oh, okay. the middle or the end. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Right. It better be good. Yeah. I, okay, I wouldn't say that. Like, let's not get too ahead of it. Better be good. <laughs> it better be incredible. Um, I, I better die of enjoyment. I can't arrange that. <laughs> I can. So this takes place uh, in what I what would be a, a large arena. Um, I feel like this could really work uh, in any in any sort of setting. It doesn't really matter if it's fantasy or sci-fi. It's probably a little more of a sci-fi bent, uh, but you can flavor whatever you want. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. Um, come at me, sci-fi fans. Um, so, <laughs> How dare you, honestly? I know. Um, so you come across uh, essentially an arena, uh, just rows and rows of tiered platforms uh, all circling around one central area. And just on one of these platforms, sitting uh, sitting horizontally out, essentially. Uh, anyway, sitting in uh, in this row, I suppose this doesn't matter. Flavor, flavorfully, <laughs> uh, is a large empty ring. It doesn't seem to be doing anything. Seems mostly inert until somebody decides to step into the arena. And the moment that they do, uh, a figure steps out of this ring and it begins to circle around until it finds its place directly opposite whoever's there. And if somebody else dared step into the arena, the same thing happens. Another figure, uh, sort of somewhat amorphous and hard to focus on, takes its place opposite them. And then more figures step out. And the they start to multiply. More and more appear 
here until this arena is full. It's a, a full crowd's worth of figures, uh, and they don't seem to let you move. They, in fact, seem to react every time that you shift, reposition themselves. Uh, they don't seem to pose a threat, but you are immediately surrounded. Okay, trapped in an arena. Mm-hmm. Now, you wanted to go next. No, just an, I, I can go be, next. <laughs> better be fucking good. All right, let me start off with a pitch. How familiar are you with the worldwide wrestling RPG? Not, Not even a little. <sighs> Boom! All right, Worldwide Worldwide Wrestling RPG is a Powered by the Apocalypse RPG about being professional wrestlers. And it's not about just about being a pro wrestler. It's about oh, your life outside of wrestling. It has kayfabe, buddy. Kayfabe uh. in wrestling is the idea of the fiction within wrestling, right? Okay. So in Worldwide <laughs> Worldwide Wrestling RPG, you are role-playing both being the wrestler and your life outside of being the wrestler. So you're playing as the actor and the character they play in the ring. Basically. Exactly. So it's like if you're D&D character, had a D&D character. Yeah. yeah. Like exactly. you go into the tavern and exactly. start whittling some dice. It's just like, all right, roll up your player sheets. <laughs> yeah. Start doing some recursion immediately i'm thinking of spider-man this is this is peter parker and spider-man all in one bone source have you ready. ever seen them in the same place though those yeah. two i'm a bit sp- something going on there um and so basically the premise is that there is a new faction of heels that have turned up heels are bad guys in wrestling i, I mean, you know that one? i okay, do have awesome. a friend who aspired to be a pro wrestler so i oh, know yeah. i know some words um so it's a new faction of heels that have appeared in your wrestling promotion. Um, they are in a uh, storyline created by uh, a faction of math magician, math magicians who cloned them. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, <coughs> yeah, you hate me. It's good. Mm-hmm. I'm the heel of this podcast. <laughs> this is the pledge. Uh, um, and it's a horde of masked wrestlers with weird aesthetics and who are all stupid hand puns. And that that's the play. There's the pledge. Weird aesthetics, all stupid hand puns. Yeah. This what feels like a fist. I don't know. <laughs> God, this feels like it get very gay very quick, so I'm moving on. <laughs> this is pro wrestling. What do you I expect? Mean, yeah, look. That's... All right. Dom, please save me. <laughs> okay, so the party arrives in uh, a, like a pretty large town, like the sort of town where there's like uh, there's government offices. It's, it's It might be the capital. It might just be a major part of a nation, but when they, as they're arriving in town, they're probably just passing through for the time being, but they get approached by a, uh, a very official-looking person who says, oh, I'll make sure, that, oh, you're, you're new in town, right? You're just, you're just passing through, you're not playing this day? Oh, well, then uh, we have an offer, actually, for all of those who pass through town, uh, so long as they aren't planning to, you know, put down roots or anything. All they have to do is they come into the big, the big ominous uh, grey building, uh, the you know, very standard brutalist government sort of building. It's, you know, the sort of building, like, if you were, you know, if it was a dystopian fiction would be the sort of building where people go in but they don't come out that sort of building but we're not in that sort of don't worry we're not in that we're definitely (laughs) not in that um I'll just say also the two sides of my card are government and building so using both (laughs) motherfucker um and so yes if if anyone would like to come in and to like just or we we won't actually we won't we don't tend to explain exactly what's going on in here it's very boring very tedious sort of governmental stuff it's all about labor blah 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 uh but if you just come in five minutes just like you just you just have to sit in a room for a bit we collect some data and then we give you 10 gold pieces and that's like party's like oh that's pretty good so maybe maybe some a member of the party will do it maybe they won't if they do it it's just a fairly standard uh, you know sit in a room for a bit fill out fill out quite a lot of paperwork and then yeah you're free to go and as they're leaving uh, a person in the town will be like just like stop them just like to like pass them a note just like meet me in the alleyway that sort of deal and then when you meet them there it's just like something wrong with that building I want you to I want you you seem like 
you know, adventuring sort of folk. I want you to help get to the bottom of what's going on here. Is that to the ones that didn't go in or to the one that just did the go party in? in general, even if they okay. didn't go in. Right. Like, that's just a bit of flavour. I was just saying, well, this is what happens if a party dub member does do it. It's just like, cool. can't you just go into a room and fill out some paperwork? It's like, oh, maybe it's an admin thing. Yeah, so maybe that's it is an admin thing. That's yeah, a fun way to spend a, ro- <laughs> a session of role-playing game. Uh, between the uh, between de- December and January of these years, how, mu- how many how much money did I get and how much did I get that from looting corpses? Ah, oh, shit, I have to call my and account. You, this is a very clever way to get your players to do your tax returns for you. <laughs> You're on to me. It's fine. I don't make enough money to have to do tax returns. What are you talking about? Okay. All right. So that is our three pledges. Let's go on to the turns. Sally. Wonderful. So uh, as you move around the space, you start to notice that not all of these creatures mimic you specifically. Uh, some of them will mimic your, your party members uh, and some of them seem to be moving almost at random as if they're following each other, sort of filling space. Can I just clarify, how many original people are in there and how many copies or how many whatevers? I mean, three to five. <laughs> of which... <laughs> you choose, saying You choose. So, is, so uh, let's say there's three party members. Is there? Is there? Is there like somewhere in the realms of uh, fifteen to thirty? Right. So of, enough enough to surround you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and each of them seems uh, each sort of person seems to have a different group of of figures moving around them, following them, mm. uh, and they seem to be filling in space, making patterns. In fact, they they almost seem to be equidistant. They to be filling out uh, a, a kaleidoscopic sort of formation every time one of them moves some of them shuffle around to create the space uh, and then as you move one of them just by accident collides with another they disappear they're from alternate dimensions and they're like it's like <laughs> antimatter and matter like they touch each other and they disappear yeah. annihilate yeah. Uh, what are we what are we what are we what are we calling this oh. uh, we're calling this the kaleidoscopic arena kaleidoscopic Ooh. arena I like it gentlemen so this heel faction is called knuckle uh-huh. Which stands uh, for? Of course, it does. Oh no, we have something. an acronym. Why? Why did you choose such a long word? Because <laughs> would you believe it? Fist was already taken by another wrestling company. No, I, I mean I, I would believe it. I would believe that hard. I mean, um, it is. Oh jeez, uh, killer, nasty, unbeatable champions cannot lose ever. Is the name? <laughs> hang on, hang, hang on. on. <laughs> I cannot a- with a K. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Don't worry, it's Mortal Kombat rules, it's fine. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, okay. Uh, I'm so proud of myself. Um, oh, jeez. And so, what is this faction doing? Basically, what happened is they appeared out of nowhere on a show, and they took all of the title belts. They won every match that they were on, and claimed all of the belts. Um, the How thing, could this have happened? The problem about this, because scripting, the problem is that everyone in Knuckle are also just dickheads in real life. Oh, no. Like, nobody in the company likes them. They're all just absolute pricks. They're hard to work with. They screw you over. They injure you in matches. Like, they are bastards, right? Uh, they're and real so, life heels. Yeah, basically. They're real yeah. life heels playing fake heels. Um, and then it's up to the players to try and reunite the rest of the company against Knuckle. Okay, and and, and uh, I, are we just calling this Knuckle? Yeah, I think it's just got to be called Knuckle, right? Like. Yeah, okay. All right. This is why you brought me here. This is why you invited <clears> me. <throat> Good. Okay. So we have we have uh, we have Knuckle from from Jonathan Dom. So as the party are exploring this town, uh, or as they've been going through the town, they may have noticed that it's a pretty good town. There's it's very clean. It's very orderly. Uh, but all of the guards and such are actually 
they're wearing full body covering like armor like you can't see their faces you can't see any identifiable sort of parts of them and like there's nobody is completely uh like nobody is too fussed about this it's like oh the town works fine but now as you're getting into this and as you're investigating this this strange government building and trying to figure out what the deal with it is there's something there's something unusual coming it's because more people seem to be coming out than are going in actually now that you're looking at it uh like out of the front door people come in and then they come back out again half an hour later they've done their boring forms they've got 10 gold and then out the back door people like with their identities like concealed by the uh the guard outfits that you've been seeing throughout town like the barracks seem to be in the back of this building actually and more people are coming out than are going in and eventually, as you guys, uh, as you guys are, you know, investigating all of this, you're going to ha- decide you have to. The, the party has to investigate, and they have to go into the building itself and figure out exactly what is going on here. Which you'll probably figure okay. out by now. So it's a, uh, it, it's kind of a heist, but like a, a stealth heist. Yes, I'd say yeah. a stealth heist. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you have to fig- You have to. The party has to make their way into the government building undetected. Um, pr- like probably probably be an easy way to do this is that they could do the they could fill out the forms and stuff and that sort of thing uh but yeah <laughs> that's probably fill out forms i kill seven guards and wear <laughs> all of their uniforms <laughs> i cut a guard's face off and wear it on my chest for some reason i'm a role-playing game player so as soon I don't as they take off sense. one guard's uniform there's another guard's uniform yeah, exactly. underneath my it. actions don't have to make sense i should still win uh what are we what are we calling this hook uh, the, the perfectly, the, the completely unsuspicious government building. The completely unsuspicious government building. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so those are the turns. We have the kaleidoscopic arena. We have Knuckle. We have the completely unsuspicious government building. Uh, so let's prestige the kaleidoscopic arena. So when two, two of these copies accidentally <laughs> collide and obliterate each other, what happens then? How, how are your players, what What are your, how, do, how does this turn into something, uh, a hook for your players to experience? So this, for me, uh, I think the way I see it is very mechanical. It's a way to bring an encounter that is that is such a, uh, such an overt puzzle um, to sort of start to work in puzzle elements to something that might formerly have been seen as a, as a combat encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm imagining putting this in visual format um, and having tokens for the other things that move. And this being, you have to find ways to move around the space to get your copies, your shadows, your clones to interact and disappear. What happens if you hit them? <clears throat> uh, what would... happens if someone tries to force a combat encounter? <laughs> I, I, would, I would say that whoever takes uh, makes contact with them takes damage and it seems like they're taking damage if you have if you and one of your friends both have a a copy that are mimicking each other could you fight each other if you're willing to stab each other sure but uh, uh yes uh, <laughs> if if my characters want to fight each other for this false hypothesis i will let them <laughs> But when it's not until one of them goes down that the re- the clones will go down. Cool. Um, I really like the idea because um, 
the idea of the mechanics of it. How, how would you put this into a campaign? So is this kind of like something that they just stumbled into, like in a dungeon, and this is some sort of uh, entertainment that that entertainment that's gone awry that's kind of lost to the ages or so i feel like the way i would use this is probably in a from from a game design sort of perspective i think i would want this to be the introduction of a further mechanic so you start with this you know very simple geographical puzzle it feels like hey this is a puzzle encounter and then you encounter the same things in a slightly different format and so you've got to rework this same uh way of getting these things to interact with each other but this time they're not copying you they're copying somebody else else on the field right and then the next time around you come across a big scary monster made of the same stuff and you've got to figure out how to find something else to get it to interact uh, and start to build this up as a so a material basically. yeah almost like a recurring yeah. material um, or like a class of opponent so this and this material would be the stuff that hurts you if you touch it mm-hmm Interesting. Interesting to have a monster made of that. Made of stuff that hurt that hurts you when you touch it. Yes. Uh, yeah. We, they should really start making some monsters that are, that hurt you when you touch them. It's the body hurting. Uh, the body hurting material. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Sounds OP. I don't know about that. Okay. Uh, uh, new class of monsters. Monsters that do damage. The flesh what hurts monsters you sometimes. That hurt. uh, okay. Dare I ask? How, what? Okay. So. And so we've got to introduce. We've got Knuckle now. Let's do. Let's do Sonic. Well, no, here's Sonic the thing. Here. We've we've been uh, passing notes throughout yeah. some of the other sections. Yeah, yeah. We had some alternative faction names. There's Heal, which are the Hellish Evil Entertainment League. I prefer um, that one. Which took me down the route of ah, alternative body parts other than the hand, toes, which is total. Uh, it's total oversight. Extreme schemers. <laughs> And then uh, finally, we have uh, the union of head, shoulders, knees, and toes, which are all very good, actually. Um, so, what the, basically the final thing is that you have to try and unite the rest of the wrestlers in the company mm-hmm. against knuckle slash heel slash whatever, right? The issue that you then run into, though, is that all the interpersonal drama there. Mick the Kraken the Kraken might be a well-respected wrestler, but he's got beef with no gimmicks needed, Steve the Samurai, and you need to have, find a way to really quash the drama there. I'm not sure any of those words made sense <laughs> in, in the context of the sentence that you put them Listen, in. Listen, I have names ready to go on deck. Okay, so yeah, so basically this is, this is a social, it's, a social yeah, hook. Um, absolutely. Uh, uh, over a number of wrestling shows, though, because the way yeah. that a, a worldwide wrestling RPG thing works is that all of your moves are made within the wrestling show, so you have to do like a lot of backstage scheming to make things work, interrupt promos and make, it your, like, make yours take precedent, that kind of stuff. Right. So it becomes this game of like out backstage politicking the heel faction that are experts at back to backstage politicking. for you, McMahon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a very, very like a very against social like uh, look. It requires a lot of knowledge of how these things so are done. I think this if you're playing a wrestling <laughs> RPG, you probably are it very yeah. much worldwide into wrestling this RPG yeah. is explicitly for people who like pro wrestling. I feel that if I went over to Jonathan's house and he said, "Let's play a role playing game," and he, and and then Justin would uh, Jonathan would <laughs> uh, would um, force me to sit down and play this game. I think that's no, on I would not do Jonathan. that to anyone. I would not do that to anyone. <laughs> I have explicitly only talked to people I know who like wrestling about this game. It is a close-kept uh, role-playing PDF. And then he puts have. you in a headlock and he sits you down at the table. <laughs> you, and then he takes the table and he hits you over the head with it. 
It is uh, five I, I, minutes I, of playtime. I do enjoy it. Um, I, I'm interested. I, I just want to know your opinion on yep. what you think the split is between the pleasure you derive from the the the, the politics of this hook yep. and the pleasure you derive from the names involved with this hook. Uh, I think the backstage politics is actually a really interesting part of pro wrestling. There's a lot of real life drama that's fascinating based off people just fucking each other over. Um, there's a whole thing called the Montreal Screwjob where they faked the finish of one of the biggest matches of all time just because they one of the guys they didn't want to have the belt and they didn't tell him about it beforehand and it's like this huge thing that still goes on today. For a second there I was like they faked the finish I was like that's, that's the point. They told it? one dude one thing told the other dude the other thing and then fucked over the first dude. Okay, that's that's pretty big. Yeah, it's huge. He was the champion of the company. And that being said, the naming's like at least fifty percent of it, right? What, yeah, 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 yeah. Job, absolutely. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's let's head back to the totally unsuspicious government building. Yeah. Uh, so basically. Um, depending on how the party gets to it what is happening here in case you haven't figured it out already is that when the person goes in to do these boring tax forms a clone of them is made or a copy but the what it becomes interesting is hopefully one of your players went along with this whole thing which you know RPG players someone probably did um, because they have they have no memory of when this copy was made they don't understand and basically at some point the party will will run into the the other version of this person uh, and they'll realise that the copy like they don't have uh, compatible memories because the copy remembers walking back walking through a door and uh, just being like alright here is your uniform here is all this and it's just like you have to work for us for a certain amount of time sort of thing Uh, and the they kind of it's impossible to know which one is the copy of either of them actually is the copy because they both just at some point the party member walks through a door and then there's two of them who have different memories of what happened when they walked through that door mm. and the party has to the party like this is all just like a long build up to giving one of your players an identity crisis uh, and what you've done here is literally the prestige from the movie The Prestige. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. um because mine's good. Yeah, yours is much better. Yeah. I will... Yours doesn't have David Bowie I mean, as Nikola oh, Tesla for some reason. Yeah. And yeah. also like they, I think in the like in that, I think the the point where they don't even know that it happened uh, is kind of a creepy sort of detail yeah. to it. Hundred percent. Bring in the existential dread. Mm, I yeah. think it's uh this this I speak from experience when I say when you bring doubles uh, into the game you're going you you set yourself up for uh, paranoia the rest yeah. of the game yeah yeah this, this kind of feels yes. like it would be yeah. at home in like a in a very paranoia set set uh, system like a call of Cthulhu or tiles. like the system called paranoia yeah, yeah. I, partic- <laughs> I, I particularly enjoy this in a very social heavy game yeah. where you're dealing with a lot of like higher ups and personalities and then after this is introduced you have to remember you have to try and figure out oh was I dealing with that same person yeah. the whole time or was one of them a double you at put some on point? the you put on the green shirt you put on the black shirt okay <laughs> yeah I, I mean then I they think both appear in a red shirt no, it's like, uh oh <laughs> hey when that happens uh oh I will someone's say, gotta change this week we we you, we've kind of come up with three very um very specific hooks like specific for games like i don't think these kind of hooks would really work together in 
in a similar game, but definitely. Well, there's one of them is a fucking wrestling. I, I reckon <laughs> you could make it high fantasy somehow. I mean, yeah, you said it in the Colosseum. I mean, yeah, you yeah. could definitely yeah, Colosseum, do it. Exactly, yeah. Wrestling, modern wrestling is just gladiatorial shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, okay, well, if you've enjoyed this, then uh, please feel free to use any of these in your game and let us know how it goes. We are on, uh, you know, we're on the social medias. Um, we also have an email address. You can find us at podcast.hooked at gmail.com. And as always, we are released under a Creative Commons attribution, non commercial, no derivative is 4.0 international license. This means you're free to share and redistribute the material in any medium or format if you give the appropriate credit, but don't use the material for commercial purposes and don't remix, transform, or build upon the material in any way without asking us first. But please use it in your games and let us let us know. Let us know how Knuckle fares against your alliance of Shit. other wrestlers, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you very much, Dom. Hi, my name's been Dom, uh, and it will be going forward. Uh, I am also the creator of a show called The Mistime Museum of Mystery, Morbidity, and Mortality. People tell me it's good. It's, uh, yeah. And we trust people. I don't. No, no one does. <laughs> Yeah. So therefore, you must investigate to find out for yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Also, my wrestling federation is the Federation of International Socialist Terrorists. Oh, I like this. This is good. Fist, baby. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Tully. Thank you very much. Uh, if you liked hearing me Babylon, you can hear me Babylon even more every second Wednesday on Dungeon Deep Dive. Uh, we do a deep dive on various aspects of fantasy world building with a bunch of research and a huge load of nonsense. Um, yeah. Someone else does the research, Tully does the nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you want to hear two hours worth of content on salt in fantasy settings, we're the one. Want to hear, what if you want to hear 15 minutes worth of stuff on salt stretched out to two hours? I mean, listen to the second <laughs> episode of Salt. <laughs> and finally, we had Jonathan. Hi, you can find me at Rateloid, where I talk about anime most Thursdays and, like, synthesizers. It's cool and stuff. Also, find me on Twitter at Pirate Killjoy, where I retweet a lot of wrestling photos is the real truth there. You and cannot find me on Twitter. That's Good. what everyone wants. That's the right decision. <laughs> Wasn't my decision. Oh, yeah. Until next time, keep playing games, everyone. Welcome to an advertisement for the Penny Peep Show. What is the Penny Peep Show? Well, in our podcast factory, our podcast scientists have been working hard on a range of light-hearted radio play anthology series that everyone can enjoy. Criminy crickets, spokesperson. Is there a light-hearted radio play anthology series for me? No, every series is marked explicit. But why not tell your parents, nameless child? They'll find the Penny Peep Show wherever good podcasts are stocked. The Penny Peep Show. It's like dissolving your ears in a cocaine-laden off-brand soda. Is that a good thing? Shut up. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.